Morning. Welcome to another episode of Horizon Scan. Um, yeah. I think we're going to go straight into who would like to talk about um, that young MP. Well, I'd like to discuss. Yes. Yeah. So, so what's yeah. the concept here? Is the concept what we want of our MPs as like a life path before they become MPs or or what? Well, yeah, we can, I mean, when we were talking, oh, when we've, when I've been thinking about it and we were talking over the last couple of days, it's like, but, and the question that's definitely popped up, I think definitely seen it on social media is, should there be an age limit on when you can be an MP or not? Is one of the Have you done any looking into this? Are we going to Like what, what? Have you, have you done any looking into it? So, like, how have you got to be 18? How old have you actually got to be? So, let's just basically what in this so by elections the other day, there was a young Labour MP that was um, elected. And there's two factors here one is that he's 25 years old. Okay, is that an issue? I'm going to talk about that. The second one is his life experience so far, what he's done to the point of being elected. I think there's two major factors on it. It's like, is his age alone an issue or is his age combined with other things an issue? So, yeah. So we think Hugh's going to have a quick look now for those listening. Elig- eligibility to be an MP, basically, apart yeah. from the obvious, obvious national ones. So you've got to be – so to be eligible to stand as a, an MP, a person must be at least 18 years old and be a citizen of the UK – a Commonwealth nation or Ireland. Okay. A person is not required to be registered to vote, nor are there any restrictions regarding where a candidate is resident. That is, full disclosure, that is Wikipedia. Okay. But uh, that's better than the fact that we didn't know anything prior to that that bit of uh, Wikipedia. Okay. So, yeah, what, so you can do it at 18 they... if you want to. What? So you can, you can do it at 18 if you want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about we go about it this way? What are okay. the good things about being a young MP? A twenty, he's twenty-five, right? A twenty-five. Yeah. Regard, ignore his background for a minute. What's good about okay. being younger when you enter into politics? Okay. Um, not burnt out and cynical yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a, prob- a major one. Yeah, you probably have. You probably have less. Um, yeah, well, you definitely have less experience on how you think the way politics works uh, before entering into it, and then so in that way, you could be a prime candidate, stroke advocate for bringing about change if you get to a senior enough position because your ideas about politics are formed at a young age. I mean, I wonder what his parents think about politics. Yeah, and the reason I say that is because they form a huge. Obviously, parents form a huge part in how you, the child, forms their own opinions about things. Not the only part, but a huge part. Hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if his parents are. I wonder what they think about. You know, the last twenty years. I wonder what they think about Tony Blair. I wonder what they think about previous Labour leaders. Because mm-hmm. obviously he's going to live. I wonder what they think about the Conservative Party. I wonder what they think about how politics works in general. You know, I mean, if if you never know, one of his parents could be thinking along the same lines as we think, and it's all it's all fucked and needs massive change. You just don't, you know. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> but well, I mean, it'd be, it'd be interesting to know if his parents are, you know, political people. Is he just a wild card that's gone? Yeah, I'm getting into this, or are his parents? You know, is this a political family who've had like, you know, their parents have always been involved in local governments and councillors and all that shit? I'm or is he just there? I'm yeah. looking up. Yeah. I mean so. I think that, that that point's relevant about coming at things with fresh eyes. So if you know, as a young person, you generally you're a little bit idealistic. Yeah. You know, that's obviously the opposite to being a little bit cynical and have been around the block and seen the way the world works. And, you know, there's there's downsides to that because you do, you can end up going, well, what's the fucking point because nothing's going to change. That's basically where you end up. And young people do believe that they can make a difference and change the world and all that. And that that's a positive thing. 
Um, yeah. So, like, if we don't allow young people in politics, then we do end up with this sort of burnt-out 50-year-old that is basically, you know, that's a lot of, that describes a lot of MPs. It's just this sort of 40 to 50-year-old burnt-out um, individual. Hmm. I mean, all right, so so we did the what's good about it, what's bad, what is bad about having a young person becoming an MP? Um, or more specifically, why are people, you know, and in the same, like, why are people, why is there a bit of an outcry from certain quarters, probably mostly Tory supporters, about this young lad um, becoming an MP? Um, well, I think it's lack of experience, really. You know, it's, it's just, it's the opposite of all the, the good points. You know, the good size, it's the opposite of that. And you don't, you kind of want your MP to have lived, not necessarily a similar life to you, but you want them to have been through some struggles. You want them to have seen, the had the effects of the system that they're trying to change applied to them. So it's like if you instead of talking about oh well you know do you remember the poll tax strikes and all this sort of thing then using those things as arguments you kind of want your your MP to have been through them and been on the other end of it you know and everyone will say well if they were an MP at the time then they they didn't because they were on you know a, a good wage or expenses and all that stuff but to have been a normal person a fucking civilian during some of these sort of hard times that are a result of political decisions. You kind of want them to have felt that before they go, right, I'm going to do something about this instead of read about them. Because that's it's just more visceral, isn't it? You feel like it's when they're saying things, they're more likely to mean it instead of parroting um, the latest policy. Yeah, I mean, you don't exclusively get that with people who are older, though. Uh, like if we, I mean, just thinking about it there, I would imagine that, yeah, I would imagine that, and this is, as is tradition for me, based on absolutely no evidence whatsoever. I'm just thinking out of my head. That's this whole podcast. <laughs> I would yeah. imagine that if you were to do a like a able to do a survey of serving politicians and their backgrounds, and you'd probably find that they come from well, we we know that they come from a, a huge variety of backgrounds. They just happen to get in a bit older than 25 years old, and so. People who are, you know, upper middle class or upper class when they enter into politics, or f- I should say, formally enter into politics, because p- people of that ilk, especially upper class, they're involved in politics in some way, shape, or form throughout their business lives. They have to be. They have to be. Um, but when they enter in, you could argue that they got less of a. They could have. They could have an equal amount of lack of experience in the real world for what the majority of, you know, what Joe average experience is in the UK as the 25-year-old, maybe. I don't think we're trying to, but that that kind of sounds like we want everyone to be working class, and I don't think that's the case. You mm-hmm. want people of all different backgrounds and experiences. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, when it comes down to it, you, you, you kind of just want them at the very least to have had a fucking job. You know what I mean? And yeah. work a normal job a little bit. Even if it's in, you know, some in if it's in fucking daddy's business or whatever. Just I've just had a little touch of life experience. Like I think you can I mean this is kind of where I where I stand on this. Like you we know in eighteen you've got the right to be an MP and I absolutely support this guy's desire and you know, the fact to be an MP. That's fine. Go for it. Don't have a don't have a massive issue um, with the route that he's taken. And to be that's I mean we should probably speak about is the route, this specific case and why it's maybe had more of a bit more uh, notoriety of you know people talking about it than other ones. Um, so he his background is he went not this really fucking matters, but he was a private educated guy. Oxbridge uh, graduate, and he then went to work basically straight into politics. He, the first job he got was as a researcher for an MP. He was basically like, you know, an advisor type fucking, you know. And then from there, 
he's become an MP. So the argument with this guy, so he, he kind of like, he's kind of an exception. Um, I don't think this happens often, but he's, he, he knows nothing but politics. You know, I'm not saying the guy doesn't go out on the weekend and do normal shit, but he's, he's been in a political bubble for a very long, a massive proportion of his life so far. And I think where I stand on it is that's fine, but is this something that we want normalised as like a, we get more and more people like that? No, it's a good point, actually, because, I mean, you know, pe- people, are make, people are making an outcry about, if I was to generalise it, put it on, but most people are making an outcry because of their opinion that he is so far removed from, again, Joe Average, from the working class, and he's got no life experience. Therefore, how can you expect someone to lead, which is what an MP sort of does, an MP sort of does, yeah. but he's certainly doing the Prime Minister, um, when they 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 got so little in common with the people they're leading, but that isn't necessarily a valid argument. And the other thing is, and to your point, it, like he's a fringe case. You know, you got you get people who are really old entering into politics. They get people who are really young. You know, um, I, I don't think I don't think I have anything against it. I'd like to see how it plays out. I mean, he talks with you, you know, you hear all the things. I mean, he's Labour, he's Oxford educated, he's young. He looks like he's got zero life experience, right? The way he looks is against him, really, isn't it? Unfortunately for him, his physical appearance doesn't help him. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. He's physical. I wonder how tall he is. How tall is he? This is another thing. I don't know. And I hope it plays out that he's, you know, He's guided by, I mean, is so Wes Streeting, who he who is who he was the researcher for. Yeah, I don't know about what Wes Streeting is like. Now, it would be great. Best case scenario, I think, is that Wes Streeting is like he's like a Dan Jarvis character. You know, he's like right. he's 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 guided. I think Dan is guided like by ethics, authenticity. He's he's in, he's a principled person a good principal person if west street is like that and west street was a mentor to kia matha kia or matha 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 then that is like best case scenario in this in this situation but if you've got if west streeting is like kia starmer or like blair or like some other undesirable politician who you pay absolutely no attention to, they just don't seem authentic. Authenticity being key, I think, for MPs, and that's a problem. That's a problem. You know, if, if, if his formative years as an MP have been guided by not people who have the people at the heart of their, like, mission yeah. in politics, then it's a fucking major problem. Major problem. You know? Yeah. Um, but that's it. I mean, that's kind of what people are concerned about, I think, is it. You you could end up if you normalise that route, you could end up with this weird, like route from university straight into the part like a party, without seeing the outside world too much. So yep. you or your bubble has always been like party people, and it's very you know, and especially when you're young, and you can say that well, that's just being like a you know fire brandy like idealistic person and maybe you'll grow up and grow, grow out of it a bit that's very difficult if that's all you've ever seen up until that point and you, you know you could this is <laughs> this can sound very fucking extreme but you could end up with if it was normalised you could end up with something like they have in China where you are you're basically become a party member and it happens in school you know that's mm. as you're going through and then that's a lot to do with who your parents are, your parents are party members. But, you know, you've got teenage kids in China who are part, you know, part of the party and come through that system and go all the way through. Um, and I'm not saying it's the fucking same thing. I'm not doing the communist, labor, socialist bullshit thing. I'm just saying that's not a desirable thing. You want people to have just been outside a bit. And like I said, I tweeted about it the other day. Like, he might be a fucking ninja. He might be the fucking second coming of, you know, whoever you think is a mega Labour person. You know what I mean? Pick one. Um, but that might be the case. Like, I'm not attacking the dude personally. 
it might be a fucking ninja. I just I don't think it's a good idea if we start getting loads of these. Um, and there's an argument about a lot. There's been a lot of pushback with you said that the conservatives have pointed this stuff out quite a bit. But then you look at the life peerages that Boris gave out. You know, there's a couple of them who are under thirty. Yeah, oh, that's you. That? Yeah, yeah. And you're that's you. House of Lords, fucking squared, paid every day, tax free. Oh my you know, god, that's you for life. Um, yeah, because obviously when he when he legs it, he gets to you know do a load of honours, doesn't he? Yeah, and there's two of them. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure they're both under thirty. Uh, yeah, so that's them in the House of Lords for the rest of their life. One of whom allegedly might be one of his kids. Oh yeah, yeah. So, which would not surprise me, and that's a very Boris thing to do. I think he's like, well, I can't. I'm not going to pay you any. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to pay you any child support, but I will make you uh, a lady, and you can sit in there. Is it lady, Lord and Lady? I think. Yeah, you go sit in the house of lords and get paid whatever they get paid a day. Isn't their daily rates from like 300 odd quid a day, isn't it? Just for no. going and doing a lordy thing. I think it is. Oh my God. Google that. What's the daily rate of the, the House of Lords? <laughs> That's why you see them in there. That's why the old, you see all the old fuckers that drag themselves in there and just go to sleep. They're getting paid. Oh, okay. Well, you can get, there are salaried ones and there are not salaried okay. ones. So, okay. okay. House on house expenses. Wait, there. Claims, claims, claims. Oh, no, they're claims. Yeah. Wait, bear with me. Okay. Uh, House of Lords expenses. House of Lords daily allowance. Okay. How much do House of Lords get paid? Members of the House of Lords are not salaried. Right, here we go. Here we go. Members of the House of Lords are not salaried. They can opt to receive... (laughs) <laughs> a three hundred and thirty-two pounds per day attendance allowance, allowance plus yeah. travel expenses and subsidised restaurant facilities. Peers may also choose to receive a reduced attendance allowance of one hundred and sixty-six pounds per day instead. So, my God, my God, yeah. my yeah. God, they're a problem. So that's it. You turn up. You turn up and do some arguing. So, this pro- so, so let's have a think about this. Right. So the, the House of Lords is so empty. That, that in, it's regularly always empty, right? When you see it, it's like hardly yeah. in there. Apart yeah. from like major things. Which, which means that if there's £332 per day on the table when you attend, that means that most of the people in there, they don't need to worry about the money. They don't give a fuck. Is that like whatever? And the people who do go every day, uh, maybe they go... Because they need the money. <laughs> well, maybe. But what would you prefer? That's an interesting one. Like, what, would you prefer they were there because they fucking need that cash? Or you prefer they didn't have to go? I'm not making a judgment on either of those two segments of people. And there are more segments of people yeah. there. Like, there are people yeah. who don't go there every day because they think I don't want to be involved in the discussion. Like, um, okay, all right, that's interesting. How do I get in? I need to, I need to cycle up with um, Mercer. And I yeah. hope he becomes PM. Come well, back, he's mate. Fuck, fuck that idea. Yeah, he's got nowhere near PM. Uh, you reckon? Yeah, fucking no chance. Really? He's not got a fucking chance. Yeah. Eight years? No chance. I don't know. He's not, not, quite he's not PM material. He's not PM material. Because he, and he, by that, I, I mean, and whether this is right or wrong, he is not like, he's not like a liked guy within fucking thing is he he might be like yeah he's a nice bloke mm-hmm. but yeah, he's not he doesn't play the game very well and he's too focused on this one issue which is fine he's, he's picked that as his thing and that you know we can't none of me or you can really complain about that what the issue is yeah he's picked the veteran stuff but yeah yeah he's going nowhere fucking near pm mate mm-hmm. i know you like yeah. him but uh well, i like him as a person I don't pay much yeah, attention. I've never met him. I've just seen on the other side of it. I've just seen what's on in the media, and I've seen him. I, I know him through sound bites, <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm being a judgy wanker. 
<laughs> which is basically why I'm. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder anyway. if it would be. Wouldn't it be practical to put? Would it be practical to put? So back to the MP question. Okay. Would it be practical to put stipulations on entry into politics, like something like you have to have X amount of work experience outside of politics? You have to no. have done at least two years working in something other than politics and after education. Thing is, I was thinking about this just before we were making a brew when, yeah, before we came on. And I don't think that's the case because I, I think you end up with all, like people will play that system no matter how you do it. So there's kind of no point doing it. Um, and then, you know, what? Well, you it's like, well, I'll see no, no, because it, it, what you can say work experience, and then people will say, well, actually, you can say, well, actually, he was a researcher. That's work experience. Yeah, but in politics. Or, say again? Not in politics. in politics. Yeah, I know, but okay, so you can say, fine, you fucking, you'll, you'll then get arguments about what is relevant work experience and what is, you, you have like a top Trump's thing about work experience. Well, no, if, 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 if you This guy's a big man. And this guy worked in a fucking in finance. But and it doesn't matter. The same thing. You no, get I think I, yeah, I, I agree with that, but I just think people will, that won't matter. And the, the point we're missing here is that he didn't just decide he was going, and this is, this is interesting, he didn't just decide he was going to win. People voted for the fucker and you get what you fucking deserve. If you want to vote for that, you the people made a judgment about him and decided that he was okay. Which constituency was it? Oh God, don't know. Uh, let's have a look. Have a look. Uh, blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. Kia Martha, because I want to look to see um, if it was a landslide and if it's a historically like Labour area anyway. Okay. Yeah, it's just interesting because it would be, do you know, be fascinating if if it isn't a historically Labour area and he yeah. won it. Jesus, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's something. That's like a double whammy. Yeah. Um, oh, Selby, Selby. Okay, Selby. That feels like it's Labour, doesn't it? Yeah, Selby. Um, yeah. Election results. So no, he. You go. Right. Right. Kiermatha, 25, is Selby's next MP. Uh, he's from North Yorkshire, by the way. Uh, yeah. Okay. The Labour Party has won its biggest ever by-election victory by overturning... Holy shit. So he's gone okay. from... By, by overturning a 20,000-vote Conservative majority in, majority in Selby and Engstey. Yeah. So that is very interesting. But we have to look at it in context, don't we? In the yeah, well, the context of <laughs> the, the context yeah. of the calamity that is government right now. Yeah, the conservative voters just didn't come out. They didn't vote for anybody else. They just went, "We ain't fucking playing." So yeah, it's mega, but you know, you've got a it's 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 not a freak thing and I've, I've, I'm trying not to take anything away from the guy and judge him too badly because he might be a fucking ninja but we're in a situation where you know there was a we had those by-elections and the conservative voters just went well fuck you I just didn't bother yeah so I'm looking at the share of the vote right so so four years ago I'm just looking I'm looking at the share I wish I could show yeah. this graph I can't the why can't so, why can't I Oh, okay, I'll, I'll try and show it. You can screen share. We might as well do that for the first time ever. Can I, one second. If you can be asked to do it. Let me just hide all my bookmarks for all the uh, dodgy websites. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got work stuff on you. Okay, right, let's have a look. Let's see if we can screen share this. We haven't done this before. Bam, no, bam. I, was, I think we should do more of it, to be honest, because I can, I can easily <clears throat> edit it well enough to be able to show it. And, uh, Makes it more interesting. Oh, I can share tabs. Oh, that's good. All right. Right, there you go. You see that? Let's have a look. It's coming. It might be on the screen already, but it's not for me. So. No, it's not. It's 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 taking its time on my end as well. 
If you look at this, 2019, and I'll try and describe it for people listening, 2019, Conservatives had 60% of the vote, 60.3% of the vote. In 2024, that dropped to 34%. So that's a drop of 26%, right? So they lost a 20, 26% in four years. Labour had a 24.6% majority in, in 2019. And in 2023, that increased to 46. That's an increase of 22%. So although Conservative lost 26%, Labour only gained 22%. Now, one aspect of that could be what you just talked about. So it wasn't that. So obviously more people both voted for Labour this time. But it's not necessarily because they wanted Labour. It's because they didn't want Conservative. Like, yeah. fuck Conservatives. And so 26% less people voted Conservatives. And that resulted in 22% who did Labour and the other 4% did, like, the others, the Green Party and all that. Yeah, yeah interesting. But either way, either way, that is huge. And then you capital, and then you add that into, it was a 25-year-old that won. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah. that in itself, that in itself could be, you know, that 25-year-old thing could have played into that landslide because people could be thinking, these fucking cronies in government who are who are like this this nepotism that goes on and these families that are embedded in politics and rule the roost and business and all the rest of it. We need to get rid of that. Let's get a young person in. You know, in the, in that in that subconscious logic that goes on sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Nice. We get the subscribe. Can you see it right? It's massive on my screen. No, no, I'm saying that you might as well take it down. We're finished with it, aren't we? Yeah. Um yeah, I think it probably is. It's a it's a Politics is a weird time at the moment. I, don't, I know we talk about politics a lot on this, but you know we're just. We're, I think we're just. I think it's tough, <laughs> really, because we we talk on this, you know, this program show, whatever you want to call it. We talk about the stuff that is interesting us this week. Yeah, you know, we try not to pander. We just talk about what we've been fucking thinking about. So this has been what we've been thinking about. So this is what we're talking about. Um, yeah, you say that, right? But the, politicians and politics, I think they have much more of an impact on us now. They kind of have much more of an impact on people now than they used to. And the, and the reason is, no, I'll rephrase that. They have much more of an unchecked impact on us now than they used to. Like, people used to play much more of a part in what politicians did. I think, you know, we spoke about the rest of the past, like, the lack of sort of de- democracy that goes into a lot of decisions and policymaking. They just, they're doing, it's almost like they learn, they learn as they go along over the, over, the, over the decades to be able to make big decisions, which have big, um, uh, big uh, impact on people's lives. Big, what's the word? What's the word? Implications for people's lives. And yeah, business, yeah. right, and everything, without having to consult the public on it. <laughs> They're doing it all the time. You just find the ways around it. Um, you know, the probably the last big one that they actually bothered to ask us about was Brexit. Mm-hmm. You know, the the COVID responses. We were consulting on it, which I think we should have been. Um, on, on on the big questions like the the, the lockdowns and the fiscal the fiscal, fiscal measures as we put it and the lockdowns all that I think we should be consulted on it. I'm not saying we would have taken a different decision. We probably would have chosen the lockdowns at the time. I don't know. We should have been consulted on it. And you come forward to now things like the energy policies that kind of regardless regardless of whether you're like a, a huge climate change and we need massive change now or not. We should, they just, they have such massive implications for us on a daily basis. We should be consulted on it. And also, I think things like, um, foreign policy, big, big foreign policy decisions. Ukraine, there is no like light undertaking that we've taken there whatsoever. No. Um, and yeah, and yet that's happened without any consultation to us. It's, you know, in where war's concerned, I think if if there's a, a direct threat to us, the fucking right government, go and do what you need to do and do it fast. Like, and then ask us later. Let's just deal with it. But if it's an indirect possible threat that you can't really quantify, you maybe think it's there, maybe it's not, or and it may not be like a military threat, maybe some other threat to us 
financially, psychosocial stability, whatever, which is what um, Ukraine is painting to be, then uh, let's have a fucking discussion about it. Let's have a discussion about it. Even if it's even if it's even if the decision to go and support them is predetermined, let's have a discussion about how far we want to take that support, how much money we want to spend, you know, how how long we want to be engaged with it for, which we don't do. Like that, and you see it now. Years, like how how when did the Ukraine invasion start? Last February, a year last February, right? Yeah, you're not online, and and and. and and lo and behold, funny enough, like public support for our support for Ukraine is fucking waning. And it's not because we dislike Ukraine, it's because we're in a pickle. Like the UK is in a pickle, and we have been for several years in a real pickle for a variety of reasons. A variety of reasons. A real pickle. And um, I think people are, are getting frustrated with it. Uh, and I think but not all people, a lot of people get frustrated with it, and a lot of people are maybe thinking, can we focus on ourselves for a minute as opposed to focus on other things? Not to say that Ukrainian people are not having it really fucking hard at the minute. But, you know, you, it, there has to be a level of pro, like prioritization in what you're doing and how much support you provide elsewhere when you're yourself are in the pickle. Yeah, I think you're seeing that everywhere, aren't you? You're seeing the same thing in the US. Um, yeah, like pe- people are kind of sick of their money going elsewhere. Speaking of that, I'm pretty sure I saw yesterday that we paid for a, uh, a some sort of railway in Turkey. We have. <laughs> I think so. Like multi, multi-million, like hundreds of millions we've sent to Turkey to build a some sort of fucking railway. Did the EU not want to pay for that? I don't know what the score is, but I'm pretty sure it was us. Yeah, oh that's sort of the standard I'm thing. Like, oh my god, I'm looking at it now. Why did you do this to me? Yeah, see, oh. this, this is what I do. <laughs> Let's have a look at the rationale. Let's have a look at the, okay, right. Oh, for God's do the sake. facts and the rationale. Why wasn't this in the news? Well, you know <sighs> why it wasn't in the news. You fucking know why. <laughs> <laughs> UK and <laughs> UK announces. Six hundred and eighty million pounds for a new high-speed electric railway in Turkey, right? UK government backing. I'm just I'm reading this, hoping there's some rationale in the middle that I agree with. UK yeah, government, yeah. UK government backing enables completion of a two hundred and eighty-six kilometer electric railway in southern Turkey, connecting major cities with a high-speed, lower carbon route. I've not got the rationale yet. Come on, where is it? Uh, here we go, bullet points. 781 million euros support unlocked by UK export finance will enable Ronison's holding to finish, they've just made a fucking mint, to finish construction of a high-speed electrified railway connecting blah, 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 offering a lower emission transport link between Turkey's second largest container port and inland cities of 150 miles away, expected to reduce CO2 emissions. Fuck off. Like what? That's not relevant. To this conversation in a minute. Uh, UKF's backing creates multi-million pound export contract opportunities for UK suppliers to the rail sector. Okay. There's the rationale. There's the rationale. Yeah. We pay there, we give the money, Turkey money to develop it, and we're going to regain that money through business providing supplies to the development of that railway. Yeah, not necessarily against that. Although I'd like to see the maths. Yeah, I think that's just that's just it, isn't it? Like conceptually, okay. However, we know how this shit works, and actually, you know, will we get that back? And but, you know, but either you can see why it wasn't in the news because it as it is currently the worst optics in the world. I think we will get it back, and we will get it back. In spades, and the reason I'm saying is, like, so like construction projects notoriously rarely hit on time. They always yeah. get delayed, especially massive ones. Huge, like HS2. What a fucking calamity that is! Who's profiting from HS2? All of the suppliers are involved in that project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's going to be the same with Turkey. So we probably make it back and more. I can't imagine me. I mean, Rishi's a businessman, isn't he? Well, yeah. 
I can't imagine. He's also, he also knows he's going in the bin in about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, it would be interesting to see when he goes in the bin in about a year's time, we should look back at this and see which of these companies he's connected to directly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, but yeah. Um, so what are we, what, what do we, yeah, while we're on the uh, politicians thing, before I distract you with fucking sad things around the world, um, <laughs> what's your take on the MP salaries and stuff? What should we must take on it? Well, what do you think? Do you think they get paid enough? Do you think they get paid too much? Um, so look how much they get paid. What are okay. MP's salaries? Because it's an easy attack, isn't it? It's If you're a man on the street and you're pissed off with your MP, it's an easy thing to just go, you know, why are they going to pay rise? Why is why do they get paid so much? Whatever. Uh, okay. The basic annual salary of, a, of an MP in the Commons is 86 grand. Yeah. Uh, they're also able to claim allowances to cover the cost of running an office and employing staff and maintaining a constituency residence or a residence in London. An additional salary is paid for appointments or additional duties, such as ministerial appointments, being a whip, chairing a select committee or chairing a public bill committee. Okay, I will be honest. I have got no problem with that base salary. Yeah, neither no. have I. No problem. That, in yeah. fact, I would have thought it'd be more. So, yeah. I, I'm thinking in my head, London, London rates of pay and the level of responsibility they have. Mm-hmm. Now, that that now caveat that with, I've got no problem with that salary level if the person receiving it is actually doing the job they're supposed to do. How many MPs are fucking cuffing it, bluffing it? That's yeah. I'm doing minimal, minimal obligations, minimal yeah. obligations. Um, okay. And I'd imagine the people. I'd imagine the people doing that, the MPs doing that, they have ties into politics elsewhere. So they do it. They march in time in that position before they get Ekmer's head another appointment, or their peerage, or 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 until they establish whatever policy they need to set up so that business-wise they'd be set up for life. I don't know. I'm obviously being a fucking complete... Um, yeah, that's the cynical side of it. But it's, it's not... Yes. You're only saying that because we we know it happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't have an issue with that as an amount of money. It's a fucking shit job. It's a really shit job. Like, I would not... I, you know, I, I do go through my weird phases sometimes. I'm like, fucking hell, I just like to go and do this. Uh, but I never would because I know what it's fucking like. Um, and I would get nowhere because I'm not a yes man. It wouldn't work for me. But um, I, don't, I don't, don't have an issue. You know, people do take the piss and you can, people will criticize you because there's, there's a lot of people that, you know, employ their family and whatever. Um, to do positions within your, you know, your your office or whatever. Um, but I also don't necessarily have a fucking drama with that. I don't think it's a sensible thing to do because you, if you get binned as an MP, then that's you, you're all fucked. Um, but yeah, lots of people do that, and it's it's just an easy target. I tell you what, I tell you what, I wouldn't have minded being on eighty six grand when I was twenty five years old. Yeah, he's doing alright, isn't he? Yeah. But then we'll, you can look at it and go, okay, well, we're not, I mean, I suppose it's plenty of 25 year olds, depending on the job, who are on that kind of money. You know, will that corrupt him? You know, will he have, you, have you watched him speak? Have you seen him? Uh, I'm, I'm really, really interested to see how authentic he is or not. Is uh, but, well, <laughs> yeah, that's, but don't, if you want to see that, then don't watch him. Like, but that's just my personal opinion. Other people know oh, I'm going to do what it. He, was, he came do across it? to me. You're going to do it now? Can I do it now? We can if you want to. Should we try this? Go for it. That's just a short clip. I just want to hear, I want to see his mannerisms and listen to okay. him speak. So people listening will be able to hopefully hear him. People watching may be able to see him. I'm going to share my Let me get a video first and share him. Let's have a go. Literally 10 seconds. Are you right with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking go for it. Give him a acceptance speech. Let's have a look at that. This should be fucking. 
Get do the one where the guy with the ventriloquist dummy is behind him mouthing all the words he's saying. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> guy with a fucking puppet behind him going. Uh, right, there's a one is a okay, there's a one minute here we go, there's a one minute clip here. Right. Okay. Okay, one second. One second. Right, press No, that's an ad. Hang on. I put myself on mute while I uh very techy today, aren't we? Tech heavy. God, I don't like him. His face is moving. I don't like him. Like I said, is not helping. Right. I'm going to share my screen, guys. Oh, you're, on mute. you're on mute there. So I, I, I've muted my laptop. And I realized I muted you too. Uh, screen. Here we go. Right. Ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. No, I have not got an issue there. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was watching that thinking this isn't bad. I don't okay. like you know yeah. that that's not what I was expecting. I like his mannerisms. Seemed to be an element of authenticity. Okay, I, I I didn't like his mannerisms. <laughs> I really didn't mind yeah. the way he was speaking. Okay. Like it didn't smack of lifelong MP talking shit to people, just saying what people want to hear, which is what okay. most of the, most of the lead in MPs and fucking Keir Starmer and Rishi Sudak are like, oh, you were talking shit. I don't believe what I don't believe you believe what you're saying. Okay. Whereas with him, I think he believes what he's saying. Okay. Well, he only was saying, he didn't talk anything politics there, does he? He literally just said, cheers. Yeah, but I, you just, I was listening to the way he was delivering it and the way he was looking when he was delivering it. See, I thought the complete opposite to you. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, I've got nothing against, I don't have anything against the guy. Fucking crack on. You might be a fucking ninja. But yeah, I thought very fake. <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the, the thing is, when you're reading off a, a, a predetermined speech, you, you, there's going to be a, a part that is going to be necessarily what he was saying. I, it's just I the hate manner, his mannerisms and his facial expressions to me screams. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder what yeah. other people thought. I don't know. I, I say that's why that's why the world's interesting because we all see things different ways. Yeah, I have to keep an eye on him now. I, got, I feel like I need to keep an eye on him, see what see how it turns out. I hope I do hope it turns out all right. Do you know what I do dislike though? Go on. The only problem in there is like I, I do the, not the only problem there. What I do dislike with politics. I could dislike with a lot of things, and we've definitely spoken about this in the past. Putting yourself in the box. Like, he shouldn't be closing himself off to the idea that at some point in the future, Labour may not be doing what he wants them to do, may not be the party he wants to be with. Like, but the way he speaks about Tories there, it's like, it's one of those, I have never, he would never, you can tell, he would never ever entertain one of the Tories. You know, whereas, whereas from, from my perspective, you know, definitely more. If I was going to have to choose between the two parties to vote, I'd probably vote Conservative most times, right? But it's definitely been times in the past where I've looked at Labour and parts of their policies, the policies and thought, hmm, I agree with that. You know, to the point where if there was more on them, and this is Corbyn time. I remember it. I remember. I remember thinking, I'm going to bother my ass to read what their manifesto is, the bullet points of it. And, I remember, and there was like ten or fifteen bullet points of it, you know, summarised. And it was 
I can't remember, three or four of them. I thought, yeah, I'm on board with that. I fucking totally agree with that. If there had been more, you could have swung me to vote for Labour. You know, the point I'm making is you need to be open. Like, you need to be open like this. You know, we we sit here and we, we, we fucking slate Labour, like we do. We slate Labour because of what they stand for, what they represent, what they potentially bring in. But we equally slate the Conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> we equally slate the Conservatives because they're the calamity the government is at the minute. And the problem is a lot of people aren't like that. And this key matter obviously isn't like that. Now, I think that is a problem, but I, but I, but then, then playing devil's advocate, if you believe strongly that the that the Tory party is structurally fucked, corrupt, and nothing, and and only huge change would need to change that, then I can kind of understand you would never go anywhere near there unless there was significant change or they were replaced by some other party. And maybe the Conservatives think the, the opposite about Labour, and that's why you have that. They're always bad attitude. There's nothing good about them attitude. Maybe. I don't know. Well, it's just, it becomes tribal, doesn't it? You get those people who, like, you look at Liverpool, you know, you have a city like Liverpool that would never, ever, no matter what, vote Conservatives. It's not going to happen. And that's just fucking stupid at the end of the day. Because it's tribal, you know. But it yeah. this kind of comes on to, I mean, one of the criticisms of both those parties, and we're, we're seeing this in the US and we're seeing this in the UK, which is interesting to me, that they, they have these sort of, it's effectively a two-party system because nobody else ever gets, gets in. You know, everything else is kind of seen as a wasted vote. So sometimes people go fucking live dead, maybe. But generally people vote for one or the other, in the UK anyway, and in the US. You vote for one or the other. And what has happened, it seems to me anyway, I might be fucking wrong, it seems to be, certainly in the UK, that there isn't an insane amount of difference. And this, in the UK, this is a lot to do with the Conservatives fucking dropping the ball. There isn't an awful lot of difference between the two parties. Like if a Labour government came in tomorrow and no one told you, you might not notice. And it's people are disillusioned. I think fairly disillusioned with the, those two major parties, and it does feel like people would like a change. You know, and that, that by-election is an example of that. I suppose you know the conservatives, majority of conservatives who didn't come out and vote, didn't vote for Labour. They just didn't vote. They didn't vote for anybody else. They just didn't vote because there's no alternative. And that conversation is happening now, which is quite interesting. How many people have you seen say, I don't want to vote for either of these people. I wish there was, you know, a third option. Like this party has, like conservatives, you know, a lot of people are saying they're fucking dead. I think that, I think they should be dead. Because um, they fucked it in a massive way. And I, I would vote for another party happily. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, that that the the way that the way they work is a party they they want you they want their supporters, the people who vote for them, or people who have always voted for them, or people who have voted for them for the first time ever. They want them to never change. They want them to never move away from voting for Labour, but they yeah. want to be able uh, Labour, for example, just as an example, and they want, but they want. The opposition's voters to be turnable, to be able to turn for Labour, and the way they and this is why you get all the this is why you get all the constant like scandal headlines where they, they're slinging shit at each other, especially in the build up to an election. It's because the way that they realise that they get people to remain with them for lifelong is not because those people love, for example, Labour so much. Is because they see the conservatives as so morally corrupt, so morally yeah. corrupt, and they see all the other parties is not bothering, not not worth voting for because they'll never get in, which is not true. They could get in at some point. That's it, do it. So they have to sling this moral fucking do it everywhere. But the reality is that this the moral shit slinging. Like you talk about individuals, you're going to get morally corrupt people in all the parties, in all the parties, and you get a morally corrupt person in, in one doesn't mean the whole party is fucking dog shit or or, or anything they stand for is dog shit or all their policies are dog shit. But that's what the party you believe in wants you to believe, so you will never move away from them, and you shouldn't. You don't want to get yourself trapped. Like don't 
we have we fuck, we've definitely said it before, like don't let yourself be put into that box of I will never vote for anyone else. You just mm-hmm. you just you just you're restricting yourself and your judgment and your fucking and the way you're gonna perceive how politics is run. Which is a bad thing. You know, we, as Joe Public, you want to have as a, a fucking as good and realistic a handle on the way politics works as possible. And the way po- and the way politics works is everyone has wankers within their ranks, and and um, and everyone wants to point out the wankers on the other side, but never acknowledge their own misgivings. You know, like imagine if the parties focus more on instead of focus, instead of all the energy they, they expend on slinging shit at the other parties. Imagine if they 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 spend it on internal improvement, and governance, and quality, and like instead of you know improving the culture, you know that uh, they'd be fucking a lot better for it. What's it? But you're just talking about what they, the, what people actually want from politics, and it's the thing that is. I don't think people to, think about what they want. I don't think people think people think about what they want because because people are they just I'm this party and that's it. Most people, most no, most no. most voting people. What I'm saying is, people want competence. Yeah, yeah, and that's what neither of them have. You know, and that's you know, people understand all the shit slinging you've just spoken about. And people are sitting, people, you know, people don't like that. If you could say, do you want to bin all this, you know, trying to gotcha each other and arguing and doing all that stuff? And would you like, would you rather they just fucking buckle down and got shit done that they said they were going to do that you've, you know, in theory voted for? People would say, yes, I want them to do the fucking job that they're paid for and be good at it and, you know, be competent and get things done, you know. That's what people want, um, and that, that's one of the reasons that the the conservatives, in particular, have fucked it so badly, because their arguments, the easy way that they have always undermined Labour, is by making out that they were the party that was the serious party. You know, we're fiscally conservative or whatever. You know, we we look after we balance the books, we look after the money and we are, you know, we we get that stuff done. We're serious. They just want to give loads of money away and just you know, borrow money all the time. And because the Conservatives have actually done that in, within these this parliament, they've basically become the thing that they accuse Labour of. That's why they're fucked. They've got nothing done that they said they were going to do and they've lost they've lost the trust of the electorate. Um so I think the a third party that was competent was interested yeah. in going from A to B in the most sensible way possible. It, it, like dude, it's it, it's that thing that you think, well there's, there's so much reform needed that this is never going to happen. That's and that's kind of where you are on it. it. It's going to take something fucking massive. And I, I think it, it mirrors the same thing in the US, but we'll talk about here. The shakeup that's fucking needed is off the charts. Yeah, the way everything is done is just shite. You know what I mean? I mean, procurement is a, a really decent example, isn't it? Things like HS two, things like that. The projects that. I just uh, everybody's so used to oh right here's we've got this contract now we're able to fucking drag this out and make a load of money off it just get things done and it's it's kind of the the it's why we're going to and I don't really care about winning and losing in that in this way but it's it's why we're going to suffer at the hands of people like China. Do you know because what I think? Thing, go on, sorry. Because of the system they have, and I'm not saying it's amazing, but there are elements of it that do work. And I, I'm also saying this, I'm also aware of the quality issues with some China stuff. You know, I've been there. I fucking have a close connection to China because of my family. Um, so I see the other side. But, you know, they're able to just get shit done. And that's why they we, we will lose if you care about that. We will lose because they are 
they they are structured in a way that they go right, make this happen, go and do it, and it happens a lot quicker than it happens mm-hmm. here. It, you like with our with our government, right? Regardless who's in power, I think you you could make incremental changes that would improve the way politics works, mm-hmm. and like. We could move towards a situation where we could move towards a, a state where the, the, there's jail time. Like, if you make decisions in office while knowingly going to benefit from that through a business connection, and then that becomes found out later on down the line. Whether it's whether you're not an MP anymore, whether it's found out or not, that should be jail time. Because in my eyes, that's fraud, right? And yeah. This happens all the time. I, mean, I see this as being the biggest problem with why government is so dysfunctional, right? At the moment, it's with the Conservatives, and I have no doubt it would be the same with Labour, maybe a little bit less, but I have no doubt it would be the same, right? And I say maybe a little bit less because they see how much drama it's caused, and they'd be like, oh, maybe we're more subtle about this. Not as a group. Because it's, 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 it's individuals doing this. Right? And, and, and some, it's in some areas, individuals doing it together. But the individuals doing this, making decisions, lying in their own pockets for business decisions, which materially impact the way the UK is governed and people. And so, I mean, what happens when it gets found out? They have to make an apology. Maybe they get fined when it gets found out. It gets found out all the time. The, the, the threat should be jail sentence because what they're doing is defrauding the UK, defrauding the public of authentic democratic decisions. Or defrauding them of, you know, tax income or whatever implication because of this money that's gone to the business that is going to them. It's com- it's, it's completely fraudulent. Don't threaten it with jail time, and that would like minimise the chances of people doing it, and would would mean that more authentic decisions are getting made for the right reasons by people in positions of power, MPs. Mm-hmm. At the minute, it's, the incentives are not there not to do it. It's the same, in the same way that. I've, in exactly the same situation where I've mentioned before about like MSM, the penalties for talking shit in an article on, on TV, knowingly talking shit, misleading. The, the penalties aren't high enough, which is why they keep doing it. Yeah, they have to make an apology and print, print an apology in a newspaper as opposed to massive financial penalties to stop them doing it. And you just keep on doing it because it makes no difference. Yeah. yeah. The benefits outweigh the cost. Yeah, totally. And you had the whole, everything you've spoke about, what we spoke about here, about the state of politics in the UK, it's what breeds that apathy. And you, if you're being cynical about it, apathy is quite handy for people in power, isn't it? You know what I mean? People just go, well, they just want to crack on and do what they want to do. And they basically want the, the, the people to just go, well, fuck it, whatever. It's never going to change. Yeah. If that happens, then things really don't change and things get worse and worse and they push the envelope. Um, mm. It is interesting, though, because it, it, what's happened, with, what's happened uh, over the last 48 hours is interesting. So it's, it's becoming obvious to the Tories that a lot of the net zero stuff is not very popular and people aren't going to vote for it. Well, a lot of people aren't going to vote for it. It's, it's an issue. Yeah, it's not that people I don't think it's something that should be done ever. It's just that people recognise that we're fucking skint. We're in the shit. Now is not the time. That's the general, you know, man on the street opinion. And yeah, now, they're now looking to backtrack and say, oh, we're not going to do it. But what you I, – I look at that and go – I know exactly what's happening here. You realise you're, you're going to get fucking binned in the next election. You realise you're in the shit. And you're going to say whatever you fucking, whatever you think the, the public wants to hear. All you'll do is just roll back some timings and then some timelines. And then as soon as you, if by some miracle win the next election, it'll be business as usual. And I hope that people don't fall for it. Yeah. Yeah. As ever, interesting times, fucking annoying times. Is what it is. 
I mean, the, do you know what the right thing would be to do for government, right? For all yeah. parties, honestly, I think the, I think the right thing to do, the the best thing to do here, would be to do what companies do when they realise they got major problems internally, okay, and and the ones that really want to bring about change, and they go and pay a third party. You go, hey, come in, auditors, evaluators, tell us where we need to make changes. This is the mission we want to achieve. This is why we think we need to make changes. Tell us what we need to do. And bring someone in, bring some fucking huge company in to look at it and go, okay, this is how your government's set up. This is how the commons set up. This is how you, what your political structure is. These are the changes we suggest you make. And that could be like, again, structural changes. It could be policy changes. It could be process changes. It could be any changes. Bring them in. Pay a shitload of money. I would totally vote for that. But yeah, because it would cost a lot of money. And it would probably take, it would probably take years. It probably took two or three years. This would be minimum, minimum two or three years, right? Pay it, come in, then they, and then they would go, bam, there's a change you need to make in order to have a government that works more like it used to work or a government that works in the way it needs to work now for the way the world is now that's better. And let's do that. Let me change this. And here are, the, here are the problems they identify, which are, which are, here are the things that are creating the problems for you internally and the level of quality internally. For example, people being able to capitalize on parliamentary decisions for their own financial gain. Here's how you can change that. Bang, 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 bang. Do that. Bring it in. Just fucking do an audit, overhaul the whole thing. That's what companies do. And, you know, and, and if you look at it in one way, it, it, I say companies. That's what other organisations do. Just not, not just profit making companies. Organisations do. The major changes. You know, even charities can do it. Like uh, it just it just costs a lot. It takes time. But the problem is there. Would, that would never happen because the problem is there. The people who benefit the most and the most power would never let it come to be. You know? Yeah. Because all all the failures and the, and the misgivings get get highlighted. It's like all the dramas and all yeah. the. Fucking and People would, would stop it because you would, you would argue. They'd argue that yeah. it would stop government running. It would disrupt the, the running of government too much, all in a one or whatever. Even if they did like a timeline, it would disrupt things too much and it can't, that can't afford to happen. And that would be the argument. Well, Even no, that's why it would take so long. That's why it takes so long because you couldn't, you know, can't just stop government while you're I mean, doing this. No, I'm talking about the other side of it, the changes. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So that they would yeah. be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. We are going to change this, but it's going to have to take fucking 50 years. And at some point, it just gets turned off by some government, probably because of an emergency or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just difficult. All things fucking difficult. We've done a whole one on politics here. Maybe we should try not that's to do right. that. It's a good conversation. It's a good one. Well, right. It's always a you know, reasonably good conversation. <laughs> Let's see what happens. In, let's see what happens. With key matter. I, mean, I wonder what. I wonder what other people think. Whether they think like you, and he's just another, another labour worm. <laughs> labour worm. I just meant a labour worm. Or, I, don't, uh, I, don't, think, I don't think that. I said I didn't. I I I wish the guy all the best. I suspect that he's a you know a proper party guy. I suspect that, and I don't. You know, I didn't find his. Yeah, appearance and but no, by, by appearance I mean like body language and the way he spoke and all that. I didn't find that convincing in any sort of uh, way. But then I, that's me. I'm not a fucking Labour voter, even though I have done. I've, I realised the other day that I, I, I mean, I vote for everybody in my career. In my career, my career as a human. <laughs> in my lifetime, I voted for pretty much everybody, including the fucking Green Party. Um, I'm fairly sure I might have voted for fucking Tony Blair in 97. Oh, did I? Was I even 18 then? I feel like I might have. I How old are you now? I'm on now, 43. 44 this year. Yeah, you were just 18 then. You were just 18. Just 18. So maybe my first fucking vote, just as I was joining the fucking Reg, would have been Tony Blair. Yeah, the fucking Antichrist. It's your fault. My fucking yeah, sorry. <laughs> what I can't that bloke is right. future leader yeah, of the world, world yeah, president. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Well, 
hope everybody enjoyed that. Oh, should we talk <laughs> briefly, very briefly, about the live version? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so what we're going to do, we've been talking, and instead of recording this early doors like we do every time, on the last Monday of the month, we're going to do a live one, uh, which I will – so that will be – what is that next Monday? So yeah, next Monday – 31st. Uh, 31st. On the 31st, we're going to do a live version of this. Um, it's going to be in the evening. So what time is did you say we could do? You could do? Oh, shit. Right, I so I, I've just got my calendar. I've, I'm interviewing someone for HR at, in the afternoon, but okay. I can do the evening, but I will do it from the studio. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, as long as the connectivity is fine. Should be fine. Should be fine. Okay, we'll text it. But anyway... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will advertise the time, but it'll be in the evening. So, so I can do six o'clock. Okay, six o'clock on a, on a Monday. Okay, yeah. Sure. So we'll do it six or after. Okay, six or after. So it'll be a Monday evening, Monday the thirty first, evening of Monday the thirty first, and um, we you people we can do it live, and you can interact. So you can, when you're sitting there listening to this at home going, what the fuck are you talking about? You're talking shit. You can tell us we're talking shit. Yeah. That's the plan. We'll have a little bit of a back and forth. Um, not sure how we're going to play it yet, whether it's going to be live on like YouTube or whether it's going to be live via these means that we use here, where you have like a, where you can invite individuals. So if you're interested in being invited as an individual, then drop us some sort of DM or message. And we'll see if we can sort that out. But um, yeah, live version with interaction with the audience. Let us know if you want to be involved. Cool. And with that, I think we'll fuck it. Okay. Excellent. Right. See you on well, the Have a nice day. See you later. Bye. Bye.